What is up, guys, and welcome to Our Game, His Glory. My name is Chandler Beard. A lot of you guys have probably found this podcast because of my TikTok. My TikTok is ChandlerBeard8, um, and I'm so glad that this podcast has been able to influence and impact so many of you. I just want to give you guys a little bit of an update of what's been going on. I know that there hasn't been a lot of episodes recently, besides for two weeks ago. But from here on out, we're going to be dropping podcasts bi-weekly. Um, so every two weeks is what that means. Um, and today's special guest is Akeem Williams Jr. The next podcast special guest, it's going to be someone that has the potential to win uh, the Junior College Division I World Series. And he's going to play D1 baseball. I think he's like third in batting average right now in JUCO. So that's going to be really cool. I'm really excited to get into these next few episodes in these next few weeks. Um, but today I'm bringing back on Hakeem Williams Jr. Um, as many of you probably know, he was the first guest. Um, and at one point, you know, we talked about how we wanted to get him back on at some point. And at this point, you know, we were messaging and he was like, dude, there's been some stuff that has been going on in my life that I just need to share. And at that point, I was like, you know what, bro, I've got an opening right here. Let's bring you on. And I was like, I know it's pretty soon after technically, since this is like the eighth episode and you were the first one. But if it's that strong on your heart, I believe that that God's going to use this to impact people, right? And that's what this is all about. So I want to welcome back on Hakeem right now. And he is playing with the Wichita Force right now. It's arena football professionally. So Hakeem, if you want to just come on and maybe introduce yourself a little bit more again, for those that don't know, and even tell us what it is that's going on that you really felt led to share. Hello, everybody. I'm Hakeem. I recently graduated from Weird College. Right now I'm playing arena ball in Wichita, Kansas. Um, and honestly, I've been playing with them for two months or a few months now. And it's honestly been a blessing, regardless of everything that's been going on from the last time I've been on the podcast to now. And um, just the things that I wanted to share with everybody. Um, I've really been going through a storm. And um, I just feel this can help somebody. Um, so from the last time I was on the podcast, I think... Was it was it back when I got back from Miami or was it before? Like I think I it think, was before. I think that you went to Miami before it was posted, but I think we filmed before you went to Miami. Or it may have been right after you got back. It was it was one of the two. Okay. So just basically an update for the ones that are new to this podcast. Um so coming back from Miami, I had a shoulder injury and it was a bad shoulder injury, had an AC joint sprain, um, was out for like a few months, but I still had to like maintain my body because I didn't know what team would sign me and I know they wouldn't want someone that was hurt. So I was taking care of my body. But throughout that time, like with serious injuries, it's like a mental battle. And I was going through a lot of stuff mentally. And I'm not gonna lie to the point, I was depressed, but that's something the enemy sends to you like God won't have his child depressed at all. So that was something I was at a tug of war spiritually with the enemy. And like when I was going through this, um, also was dealing with the breakup. Um, and it was just a lot more going on too. And I'm asking God, like, I'm like, why, like, why am I going through this? Like, why the short injury? Why the breakup? Why all this stuff going on? And it just feels like everything was crumbling down on me. But I've been there, I still trusted him. And throughout that time from January to now, I remember um, I got a word from God. And I asked him, I was like, do you think, like he led me to read the book of Job. I don't think I've shared this with you, Chan. Um, 
he let me read the book of Job. And I was like, question, I'm like, you think I should read this? And for the ones that don't know, Job was someone in the Bible that did everything right. And he followed God and Satan basically went out and talked to God and was like, the only reason he's following you is because you keep blessing him. And God gave, gave him the permission. He just said, don't kill him. And so Job was someone that lost everybody, everything. I mean, lost his family, lost like his work, his like farm, all this stuff. And he was sick at one point. And his friend group, his supporting cast, they were the ones like, maybe you're the reason to blame, maybe this, this, and this. And Job was like, no, like, and he, he began questioning God. And I was at that point where I was questioning God. And after I finished the book of Job, it was, it was crazy. Um, the week before I had to come out here, I'm on the phone with my mom and I finished the book of Job that day. And I just thought I needed that because I was like, he's going through it. I'm going through it. I just got to stay strong and trust what God's doing. And I'm on the phone with my mom and it was one day she called me and I told her like randomly, I was like, I just want to win a championship. I have, I have yet to win a championship, but I have yet to get a ring. And she was like, she did not know I was reading the book of Job. And this is, God is very intentional. And so I'm on the phone with her and she was like, um, Job had to wait on the Lord and look how God blessed him. And like, I mind you, I finished the book of Job that day and she didn't know that. And so I called her, I was like, mom, like, hold on. I know this may sound weird, but I just finished the book of Job today. And like, I understand, like God led me to that. And you not knowing that I was reading that is just very crazy to me. And like, I feel like me taking a deeper dive in my relationship with God has something that helps my relationship with my mom. But also, it's just God can be very intentional. And throughout that time, I was like, okay, that was a confirmation that I did need to read that. And so as soon as I got out here, when I tell you like, I've been going through it, like the football aspect, everything is fine. But just from the outside point of view, um, the weather has been crazy. Uh, just a lot of things I'm not used to, uh, just butting heads with some people. And like just even some people back home, like I just asked myself, I'm like, why am I going through all this? Like, I'm trying my best to live right. Um, but something I my pastor told me, he was like, if you're not getting attacked by the enemy, then like, you're not doing everything right. So like with me trying my best to do everything right, you're expected to get attacked. And so from the weather standpoint, um, I don't know if you guys been on social media or anything like that, but as soon as I got here, I think early April, late April, we had four tornadoes outside the city of Wichita. And I remember my roommate pulled out some sage and I told him, I was like, no, nah, put that away, put that away. I was like, no, nah, we're not doing that now. You can do whatever you want in your room, but we're not doing that around the house. And I kind of got into argument, argument with my roommate. And then I kid you not, as soon as he put it away, we got hit with four tornadoes. <laughs> not in the city, but it was like outside the city. And um, my quarterback came up to me, he was asking me, he was like, or he was like, I don't get it. Like people believe in God, but they're panicking right now. Like with this storm, with all this stuff going on, people are panicking. And when he told me that, like, I remember I was praying. I was like, hey, why am I panicking? I'm a child of God, we're good, we're good. And then I find out later that day, we got hit with four tornadoes. And I'm just like, God kept me calm throughout that storm. 
and like I mind you, I was already going through a storm, but like a literal storm I was going through. And um I just like what I wanted to show to people is just like when you're going through certain things, when you're going through seasons and stuff like that, you gotta stay, stay solid and just keep your eyes locked up on God. And like I feel throughout those the last few months, like the start of the year and stuff like that, everything that I was going through up to this point, I just kept my eyes locked up on God and just kept trusting him. And like I literally went through a storm and a literal storm and I just stayed patient, trusted everything. And um I'm just I'm just grateful to be in this position. So having to be like knowing those moments to him, right? Being like, no, like we're not gonna do that here. Um, did that show him God in any type of way, honestly? Or like how did he respond? Like, did he respond in a way of like, oh, you're dumb, like Christians are like this, or did he respond in a way of like, all right, that's fine? Like, did it show him God in any way? Did it even maybe make him grow in a relationship with God anywhere? What what happened through that, through you standing strong in your faith in an area where somebody didn't want you to? If it wasn't the response like I wanted to hear because um, he was disrespectful um, with that. He was like, oh, like, see, all Christians are like that. Um, why don't you guys, like, like say this, this, and this? And I, like, explained it. I was like, no, it's like you're opening up, like, spiritual realms and stuff like that. Like, so it's not good. Like, the lighting. And, like, I was actually answering the questions, but it was just like, his responses were very ignorant. And... I was like, no, it just um, some some arguments you can't win, and I just I just walked away because I was like, I'd rather stand tall in what I believe instead of getting into argument and losing myself and saying something that I was regret later. So I was like, all right, whatever. Like I just didn't pay no mind. I just prayed about it. And like one of my friends back home, like I mentioned to her, and she was like, no, you just gotta pray for people like that. And so that's something I did, and um. Uh, I hope it got to him in a way. I don't. I don't think it did because I still have him on Snapchat and I seen him like the sage, and I'm just like, all right, it, it, it didn't. So, but you still got. I'm still praying for him regardless. He may be struggling at some point with his faith, but you got to pray for people like those, like people that are lost and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, that's good though. Like praying for them, you know, like something I've learned is I think a lot of times our pride wants to get in the way of us praying for others, right? Like we're like, oh, I don't want to pray for them because they've done me so wrong. You know, we stay bitter about it, but in reality, we're only hurting ourselves. Like we should be praying for those people because the thing is, is they may be able to reject our words. They may be able to reject what we say. They may be able to not want anything to do with the seeds that we plant but they can't reject our prayers. They can't reject us trying to intercede for them and, and pray for them in these times. And that's so powerful. So the fact that you were able to do that is so amazing. And in your time with Wichita, even as well, have there been any situations where you've been able to show teammates Christ, either good or bad, um, or both even? Like what type of situations has it been like trying to share your faith in an environment where, you know, obviously I'm sure Christianity isn't exactly like the number one thing in the majority of uh the environment that you're in in the professional sport world in general right yeah, um i've honestly been able to show people um like how it is like with my walk with christ by not only just talking about it but also my actions because i have a lot of teammates that say they believe but they don't live that way and i'm not i'm not a person i try my best to live, live righteous and I still stumble, 
And even with everything that was going on around us, like there's some things I'm not gonna speak on, but um, it was like, at one point it was very chaotic. And two or three of my older teammates, um, they're from down south and they're like, King, since you're from Cali, like, cause I know in California, we did big and stuff like that. And um, they're like, why are you so like calm and stuff like that? You do this, you do this. And I'm like, no, nah, like, that's just not who I am. And they're like, why are you so calm with, with everything that's going on around us? And I told them, I'm like, it's God, like, truthfully. I was like, I know, like, why, why am I going to trip on something, like, when I have no control over it? Like, I can't control it, so I'm just going to leave it in God's hands. And so, like, with every situation or every issue that we had, I was just like, I'm going to leave it in God's hands. And then just even with some of my teammates, like, my quarterback specifically, I feel God brought us together for a reason because he's a man of faith too. And the way he carries himself, like it rubs off on me. And I, in a way I'm able to rub off on him. So it's arm sharp as arm. And so that's something I'm like, okay, like I at least got one person that's like strong in their faith, similar to me. And I feel just with me being bold and just confident with what God's doing, um, I feel just me doing that is, I feel God is using me as a vessel. I may not see it at the moment, but I truly believe I'm being used in a way um, that's going to help the kingdom. Yeah, that's really good, bro. You know, and like, even like you said, you may not see it at the moment. I forget what type of plant it is, but, oh man, I really wish I knew, but there's some type of plant that basically like for years could just stay the same size, but then mm -hmm. overnight, after like years of you watering it every day, it like just explodes and gets huge, like by like multiple feet, like, and I forget what type of plant it is, but I was reading it in a book and it's just like at the end of the day, like we can't stop planting the seeds, you know what I mean? Like, even if we don't see the outcome of it, we need to continue to plant because at the end of the day, when we're continuing to plant, God is going to do the work. God is going to do what only he can do, right? God is going to figure it out and he is at the end of the day the one that is doing the watering and it's up to to those people if they're going to actually accept it right because here's the thing like we didn't God didn't so God chose us right but we also have to make the choice to choose God because here's the thing the fact of the matter is Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he chose us and he loves us all so much but if we don't choose to believe in Jesus then it's not going to matter because what he did still matters. I'm not saying what he did doesn't matter, but it's not going to matter to us personally. Because like you said, you know, some people say they believe in Jesus, but then they don't live for him. And that, that happens all the time. You know, you have Christ follower in your bio, but then you're not living for Christ. You're not actually following Christ. And I've been there before in my life. That's where I was in high school. Like we talked about before, like when I was in high school, yeah, I had Christ follower in my bio. I had great verses in my bio, you know, but I didn't actually live for Jesus. Like, I can say if I would have died that day, I wouldn't have went to heaven. And it wasn't because I hadn't done enough, because I think that's what we get mixed up sometimes as well. Yeah. You know, in the Bible, it says um, that there's going to be some people that go up to the Lord and he's like, get, get away from me for I never knew you. But then they're going to be like, but I prophesied in your name, but I did this in your name, but I did this in your name. And they're saying I did all these things, but God's like, it doesn't matter. You did it without me. 
you know? So I'm not saying I wouldn't have went to heaven because I didn't do enough, but I wouldn't have went to heaven because I didn't know Jesus. I didn't have a relationship with him. The way to the father is through Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, you can't know the father. So if you don't know Jesus, then where are you? But here's the thing. If you truly know Jesus, the fruits are going to come because when the inside is clean, like Jesus told the Pharisees, the outside's going to follow. And we got to find that good fine line of it. Cause a lot of times what we like to do is we like to focus on the outside too much, but it's like, nah, you got to focus on the inside and that outside's going to follow. And we do need to make sure that the outside's following because it's not going to be easy. There's going to be temptation. But the fact of the matter is the Bible says, if we live by the spirit, we won't gratify the desires of the flesh. So it's not like, Oh, I need to do this on my own strength. And that's where we go wrong. So often we try to do it on our own strength, but no, if you live by the spirit, you won't gratify the desires of your flesh. So if you're living by the spirit, when you're getting tempted, put on that worship music, say, Holy Spirit, give me the strength. Go read the Bible, live by the spirit. And then that's what's going to get you through those times. I kind of went off on a tangent completely from what we were talking about, but it's just like, I see it so often. People are like, oh, like, you know, like I want to live for Jesus, but I just can't. But it's just like, if you have that want, like, it's not up to you at the end of the day, coming to Jesus as you are and truly come to him and give it all to him. And he's going to do the rest, but you have to do your part and you've got to come to him and you've got to truly lay yourself down to him. Cause I think what we do a lot is we say, all right, God, I'm going to, I'm going to give you 95% of myself. You get 95%. I get to keep 5%. So maybe that 5% to somebody out there is sex. Maybe it's porn. Maybe it's drugs. You know, maybe it's alcohol. I don't know what it is, but so often we want to keep that 5% because what we don't realize is we think we need it, but it's actually become a part of our identity. You know, we say in order to relax, I need that alcohol. In order to relax, I need those drugs. In order to relax, I need to have sex. In order to relax, I need to go out and party. And we've almost made it our identity and we've forgotten that our identity is actually in Christ. And if we would have just realized our identity was in Christ and given him 100% in the first place, you wouldn't have even had to worry about that, right? Because if we live by the spirit, our life will be changed. But the question is, is are you going to live by the spirit, right? Uh, I agree with you. I'm so a lot of people that want to live for God or live for Jesus, they're trying their best. And then the ones that feel they need to be perfect, I feel that's where it gets mixed up at. Like people feel like, oh, like I have to be perfect in order to live for Christ. It's like, no, he's going to pick the one that's broken. Like if you're broken, he, he wants you. And I just feel like a lot of people have been messed up nowadays. And it's like, just come to him as you are. Like you don't need to be perfect. And no one's perfect. Um, but people, I feel, have that. You're built in society, oh, you have to be perfect in order for you to follow Jesus, in order to follow God. And I feel that's as Christians, we got to change that. Like, you got to, everything in like that's something I always show on my TikTok. Like, you're going to get the real me. I'm not going to show you quite anything. Like, I feel, truthfully, throughout the time from like when I messed up my shoulder to now, like, everything I posted on my TikTok is just me being me. Like, like there are times where I was broken, there are times where I was happy, there are times where I may have been sad or going through it and stuff like that. And I just, I keep it real. Like, I'm not like, oh, I'm perfect, I'm doing this, this, and this. Like, no, like, I, I go through it just as much as the next man. Whether you're saying it or you're not, I'm trying to show you, like, this is my walk, this is my journey. And it's okay, like, you may stumble, you may be broken sometimes, but that's as long as you keep trusting God and you remain faithful, everything's gonna be all right. 
Yeah, and I, I really liked how you even said, you know, that so often people want to try to act like they're perfect. And in reality, that's dangerous. Because the thing is, is so often we want to be like, oh, I'm perfect. But the fact of the matter is, you and me aren't perfect and nobody out there is perfect. The only perfect person to walk on this earth was Jesus. And we aren't Jesus, right? And the crazy thing is, is when we try to withhold our sin and act like we're perfect, we're only hurting ourselves because God can't heal something that we're hiding. He's a gentleman. He's going to wait for us to come to him. And even past that, Proverbs 28, 13 says, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses them finds mercy, um, confesses and renounces them, finds mercy. But the crazy thing is, is, if we don't confess our sins, then we won't be able to be healed. I think it's like James 5.16 that pretty much says, like, if you confess your sins to your brother and pray with your brother, you will be healed because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Those aren't the exact words, but it's pretty much what it says. But what we want to do so often is we want to hold our sin to ourselves, and we're hurting ourselves because we're making it to where we can't be healed because God's not going to heal something that we're hiding. And he's going to know that it's there, right? You know, like in the Garden of Eden, when, when he knew where Adam and Eve were hiding, he still asked the question, where are you? You know, God knows where we are. He knows where we are. He knew where Adam and Eve were in that moment. And I could go super deep about what that meant and all that, but I'm not going to go into all that right now. But the fact of the matter was, he said, where are you? And the biggest thing out of that, there's a lot that we can take from that, but he's saying, where are you? Because he knows where we are, but he's a gentleman. He's not going to make us do anything. He's going to give us the choice of, all right, what are you going to do? Are you going to follow me or are you not? But here's the thing. You don't need to act like you're perfect. Because if you try to act like you're perfect, you're only tricking yourself. Like there's another verse in Proverbs, I think it is, where it talks about how literally like somebody that is pure in their own eyes is actually filthy pretty much. Like they're missing it pretty much. They think they're pure, but they're missing it. Because the moment that we think that we've reached our end goal, the moment that we think that we have no room left to grow is the moment we stop growing. And the moment we stop growing is a very dangerous moment for us to be in because then we're going to end up being the same 20 years from now. And nobody wants that, right? That's not what God wants from us. He wants us to grow every day and we need to be teachable. We need to have the openness. And this is something too. So often what people like to do is they like to say, oh, you're judging me. You know, like, I don't want you to judge me, but like, we should have that openness to where we want fellow Christians to come to us and be like, look, and when I say fellow Christians, I mean fellow Christians, because the Bible makes it clear that wisdom starts at the fear of the Lord. So if somebody's coming to you with wisdom, and I do that with air quotes, that isn't a Christian, it's not true wisdom. And that might sound that might sound mean, but it's true because wisdom starts at the fear of the Lord. If somebody isn't a true born again Christian, they do not have wisdom. So what I'm telling you right now is this is coming from a Christian. If a Christian is coming to you and righteously correcting you, righteously correcting you, I'm not saying self-righteously, but I think sometimes we view it as self-righteously just because we want to get butthurt about it. The majority of the time, I think it is righteous correction. And they're being real with us and they want to help us grow. But what we do is we run to verses like in Matthew where we're like, oh, well, the Bible says don't judge. But we fail to realize that that verse actually literally tells us to correct our brother or sister once the plank is out of our own eye. Like, it's not like it's saying, oh, never do it. No, it's saying once it's out of your own eye, do it. God's saying don't do it when you're struggling with the same thing because I'm going to judge you at that same measure. 
And if I'm judging you at the same measure that you're judging others with the same thing you're struggling with, well, you're going to be judged guilty just like them. But once you get over it and you remove it from your eye, now your job is to lovingly help them get through it themselves. And we fail to realize that so often. And I think that is actually exactly what prohibits us from growing. Because we think we're perfect and we actually let our pride get in the way because we're like, you know what, I'm not going to listen. And I've been there before. I'm not going to say I haven't, you know, I've had people try to correct me on anything from the way I'm living to the way I'm speaking to the way I'm preaching to the way I'm doing whatever. And, you know, there's times where I'm like, oh, this person's so dumb. I know more than them. Like, why would they ever say something to me? But then I sit down and I pray and I realize, Chandler, drop your pride remain teachable. You need to grow. And remaining teachable is such an important part in our Christian faith that I think isn't talked about enough. And it comes in sports too. Obviously, this is a podcast for Christian athletes. Really think about this if you're out there right now. If you didn't want to listen to a single thing that your coach told you that you needed to improve on, would you ever get better at your sport? Would you ever get better at your sport? No, right? So it's the same way with with God, because sometimes God's going to convict you, right? Sometimes people are going to self are not self-righteously people people will self-righteously correct you sometimes and that's discerning but like i said the majority of the time it's righteous but are you going to take that correction and let yourself grow from it or just sit there and say no i'm not going to worry about it you know like if lebron james walked up to a basketball player i don't think if he told them look you need to fix this they're going to look at him and be like oh no stop judging me so why do we do that so often in our walk with christ you know like it's just it happens so much like, even with that, it's just, like you said, people can be prideful when it comes to, like, being critic, not criticized, um, taking criticism. Like, if you were correcting me on my walk, like, knowing who I am, I'm like, okay, like, no, you're right. Like, I need to get better at this. I need to do this. And I just feel a lot of people, like, I catch myself doing that at times. Like, not when it comes to coaching and stuff like that or um, just, like, even with my walk. Like, there are some people that are very wise, but it's like the approach. I feel it's always about the approach. Like if you see me doing wrong or whatever, you gotta come to me a certain way and correct me. And for us as Christians, we of course judge righteously, but always remember your approach. You gotta remember who you're talking to. Because for example, you can tell like little Johnny, like, hey, like you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, but are you giving the message off to him? Like, are you doing it rude? Are you like being kind about it? Are you trying to like, and like, like it's, it's always about the approach when I feel like when you're trying to help correct a brother or sister in Christ. And I just feel some of us, we gotta put our pride to the side because we can be prideful at times. And I feel that's something we gotta like learn, like not to be too prideful when we're gonna judge or, um, someone's trying to help us on our walk. I really like how you said approach right there, you know, because I think we've all seen, for example, in a sport, a backup um, try to correct somebody and the way that they do it, they're trying to correct the person that's starting in front of them. And they're doing it in a way that where they're trying to be really loud so that like the coach hears and like looks down on the starter, right? But there are times where you could still learn from that. They could be saying something that's true, but they're doing it in the wrong way. But now if they pull somebody aside quietly and they're like, look, like, this is what you're doing. Like, fix this. That's better. It's all about approach at the end of the day, because the approach that we take is going to determine how 
how whatever goes, right? Like if we take the approach of self-righteousness, it's going to look a lot like taking the approach of a backup yelling out, yo, you need to do that. And it's like, bro, like you could have literally just said it to me instead of yelling it so that everyone could hear and that the coach could hear so that you make me look bad to others. And that's what self-righteous correction looks like. It looks like trying to make me look better and put myself on a pedestal so that I look better than other people. But righteous correction looks a whole lot like, look, I'm going to pull you aside one-on-one and lovingly tell you, look, this is what you need to do. But it's all up to us on the approach we're going to take. Because, you know, something I've had to really remind myself is, is remember where you were a Chandler when you were going into your freshman year of college. Like, yeah, you had just found Jesus, but you weren't bold about your faith. You never talked about it. You, you, you were so compromising in so many different ways, right? And I was just starting my relationship with Christ at that point. And it's just such a big reminder that I think so often we get in this headspace of like, well, I'm so perfect now. I'm so good because I've grown so much and we forget where we came from. And it's important that we don't forget where we came from because not only is where we came from going to be able to relate to others that are now coming from that same area, but it's also going to let us show grace to those people and love on those people just like Jesus did when he was on this earth. Because it is true that if somebody is a Christian, and I say that with big right there, if somebody's a Christian, because if somebody's not a Christian, we're not called to correct them. We're called to simply love them. And now if they ask us questions, we're not called to sugarcoat it. We're called to be honest. You know, if it comes up in conversation, somebody asks me my views on, on homosexuality, on, on abortion, on those type of hard topics, I don't sit back and just not say anything. I tell them the truth, what the Bible says, what I believe because of what the Bible says. I tell them it's not about my opinion. It's about what the Bible says because that's the absolute truth. But I don't go out of my way to point out their sin when they're not a Christian because that's not my place, you know? And I think that's what happens so often. And, you know, I think sometimes it happens to where people just get offended because they get offended. And that's obviously, you know, there. But I don't know. It's just important to remember, look, if I'm correcting somebody, how am I going to do it if they're a Christian? Am I going to do it in a way that is loving? Or am I going to do it in a way where I'm just trying to put myself above them? And that's the big question that we have to ask yourself. Are we going to put ourselves above others? Or are we going to get down to the level of them and feel with them and be like, you know what, I'm going to show you grace because I understand where I once was and Jesus pulled me out of it. Because really looking back to my well, if people hadn't shown me grace and been like Chandler, like, yes, like they did tell me this is wrong, you know, but they also told me, I understand, you know, it's not easy, you know, and they showed me grace and love while showing me correction. And we show people grace and love while showing them correction. We're going to see them grow. I don't know if I've ever truly seen somebody grow from them getting just completely mocked and abused and just being like, you need to follow this rule. Cause here's the thing in Christianity, something I'm big on in general, even with youth is I'm not looking to, to modify behaviors of these kids. I'm not looking to modify behaviors of people. That's not what Christianity is. I'm looking for people to gain a true relationship with Jesus Christ. Cause when they gain a true relationship with Jesus Christ, their life is going to be changed. But here's the thing with that. Like, So often we view it as behavior modification. And this might offend some people, but the fact of the matter is, think about Mormons. Mormons act in the right way so much, but they're not truly following Jesus. They're just modifying their behavior. You know what I mean? Like it's not truly following Jesus because 
I mean, I could get into this. I'm not going to get into this right now. If somebody's listening to this and you feel offended by that, I open you to DM me and we can have a conversation on it because I've asked, I've had multiple conversations with Mormons before where I've made them literally think like, oh my goodness, like is what I'm believing true because of just so many other things. And I'm not going to get into that right now because that's not what this podcast is about. But if you want to talk about it, feel free to DM me. But like, we're not about behavior modification in Christianity. Like we're about finding a relationship with Jesus, cleaning our inside with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the outside is going to follow. The behaviors are going to follow. They are. But we're not just simply trying to check off a box of, all right, I went to church. Of, all right, I didn't have sex today. Because here's the thing. It's about heart posture. Somebody could have a heart posture of not wanting to have sex and slip up. But somebody could have a heart posture of literally not caring and being like, oh, I'd have sex. But they don't because there's just nobody out there right now that they're interested in. And the one with the heart posture of actually like, no, I don't want to, I'm not going to, that slipped up is actually in the better place than the one who actually didn't do it. And that sounds crazy, but it's a big reminder that it's about our heart posture. Where is our heart at? And yes, we should not stay in sin. We should not sit here and abuse God's grace. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is somebody's heart posture that's at, all right, I don't want to do this. I'm living and I'm trying to strive to become holy like Jesus. And I'm trying to live in the righteousness of Christ that he has given me. Like somebody that's living there, but slips up, they slipped up. God said that nobody's going to be perfect. But Proverbs also says the righteous man stumbles. I think it's seven times. I think is what it says. The righteous man stumbles seven times, but he gets up every time. So when we stumble, when we mess up, get up. It's just like in sports. If you make a mistake, are you going to get down on yourself? Or are you going to get back up? Because if you get down on yourself in a sport and you just stop trying because you're like, oh, I just messed up. Well, what's going to happen? You're not going to help your team anymore. You're only going to take yourself out the game. You're going to play bad. You could end up getting subbed out because you're playing terribly. And it's all because you got up on your own head because you let one mistake define the rest of your game. But if you didn't let one mistake define the rest of your game, you could have dropped a pass, right, in the first quarter. But in the fourth quarter, you could wind up catching the game-winning touchdown. You could strike out. Even baseball, Ty Cobb, best hitter in Major League history, literally, best hitter in terms of average. There was a span in his career where he went 0 for 17. Dude went 0 for 17. And the even crazier thing is, is not only did he go 0 for 17, but that same season, he still batted 337, I think it was. And the even crazier thing about that is 337 is amazing. And that still means that he failed like six out of 10 times, pretty much seven out of 10 times, however you want to look at it. He failed more than he succeeded. You know, you could strike out in the first inning and then he'll walk off in the ninth inning. But if you let that strikeout get in your head for the rest of the game, which I see so many people do, they strike out in the first inning and now they go 0 for 4 with 4Ks. And I always have to get on some of my team. It's like, bro, get out of your head. It's going to happen. Like, this is, this is a game of failure. But if you let that in your own head and you just let it destroy you, well, now you took yourself out the rest of the game. And now you're only not going to help your team. And guess what? It's the same way with Christ. You see, we're on the team of Jesus, right? We're on team Jesus. You know, you see those shirts sometimes, team Jesus. But here's the thing. When we let one mistake that we make take us out of the game, we're going to end up not being able to spread the gospel to our full extent simply because we let one mistake take us out. So now we're striking out every single AB we have. We're dropping every single pass that we're thrown simply because we let that one mistake in our own head. Hey, you back off that. I'm glad you said that because even like this last game, right? Like you said in the first quarter, like I, I dropped a pass and it was like a crucial one. And I kind of got in my head 
um, before halftime at um, my teammates they were coming up and was like, bro, like no more drop passes. You good? You better than that? You better than that? So they were like supporting me. And then in the third or fourth quarter, I had a crucial catch, went towards that sideline and caught it. Um, thought I had the first, but I made that catch right up for it. And like it goes back to saying like. Even like with our walk with Christ, like there are times where I stumble, where I may fall into sin, temptation or whatever. And you can't let that one mistake define you. And that's something I feel like whoever's listening to this, you may stumble. That's okay. We're, we're not here to be perfect. Like you gotta try your best so not to stumble again, but it's bound to happen. And with me making those similar mistakes or falling into sin, I know I'm a bounce back. And with me having that mindset, it helps me on my walk with Christ. Instead of me like, oh, I've sinned, God's not gonna forgive me. Oh, I'm this, this, and this. It's like, no, he's gonna forgive you. He loves you. Just you gotta try your best not to stumble again. And I don't know who needs to hear that, but everything's gonna be all right. Just, you may stumble a few times, but just get back up, keep fighting. Yeah, and it's really funny because, you know, the enemy is the one that wants to tell us, oh, this is so good. Oh, you need to do this. But then once we do it, the enemy is also the one that's telling us, oh, you're dumb. You're worthless. Like, God doesn't even want you anymore. And it's like, nah, like what God wants is he wants you to be like, all right, I stumbled. That sucks. I need to be better, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to place it in God's hands again. You know, God doesn't want you to sit there in shame and condemnation because the Bible literally says there's no condemnation in Christ, you know? That's not what God wants. There is conviction, you know, and it is, all right, I can't keep doing this, but it isn't, all right, I did it once, my life is over, right? Like, no, it's, I stumbled, get back up, keep going. Because the Bible literally says that we're not going to be perfect. We can't expect to be perfect. And it's dangerous too, like we've been talking about. And that's just such a big thing to remember because that's what we want to do so often. And we should strive to be perfect. I'm not saying we should, you know, we should strive to live a holy life, you know, like, we should strive to not make mistakes, you know, like that's true. But we should also understand when we do make a mistake, how we react is going to determine what we do. Because if we make one mistake, we can either let it take us out of the game, like I said, and make it to where we can't now spread the gospel anymore because we don't feel worthy to spread the gospel anymore because I've done too much bad. How could I spread the gospel when I'm a hypocrite, right? Or we could say, you know what, God? I'm going to spread the gospel. I'm going to continue to go because I know that you've made me new, that you've washed my sins away because I believe in you. Like really ask yourself this right now. If, if, if we could do enough on our own, why did Jesus have to come to this earth? Like, honestly, if we could do enough on our own, why did Jesus have to come to this earth? And that's just such an important question to ask ourselves. Just to piggyback off that too. And I just want to throw this quote out there. Um, like there are certain things that we can't control in this life. Um, this life that we're living right now. But the only thing that you really can control is your attitude or your reaction to any given situation. So those times where you stumble, um, those times where you make mistakes, always control how you react to the situation or control um, your attitude. Because like, you may slip up or whatever. Just stay strong, just lean on your faith, lean, lean on God, just know he's got you. Um, but just, be able to control your attitude when those type of situations or those mistakes may come up in life. Um, but that's just something I wanted to share with the people. Yeah, no, I, re I really like how you just said, be able to control your attitude, you know, because even when we let it go back to sports in this type of way, you know, 
so often we like to say, like something I like to say is you don't have to like your role, but execute it. You know, somebody may want to be a starter, but today they're not starting. All right, well, your role isn't a starter, but execute it. The reason so many teams end up getting hurt is because people try to play roles that they're not supposed to play. Like, I forget who it was. It was some NBA player. Oh, it was Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso was like, the reason so many players don't last in the NBA is because they don't play their role. They try to be the star. And I think so often the reason that we have so many just like things go on in our, in our walk with Christ to where we're like, well, I can't do this anymore is because we've been giving a role that we're like, well, I don't like it right now. But here's the thing, you know, you may not like cleaning toilets. You may not like cleaning a shower. You may not like doing certain little things, but we're called to be a servant. We're called to do whatever it is that God is putting us in. Whatever role God is putting you in right now, he's putting you there for a purpose. You may not see the purpose, but it's for a purpose. It may look like something small, but it's up to us on are we going to execute the role that God is putting us in? Are we going to say, you know what? I may not like this role, but I'm called to be a servant of Christ. So I'm going to execute this role. And that's the big question we have to ask ourselves. Are we going to execute the role that God has given us? And if we're a Christian, the answer should be yes, I'm going to execute it. Because even if I don't like this season, I don't like the role he's given me. You know what? He's called me to this season for a purpose. And me executing this role in this season is going to wind up affecting people that I don't even know, that I didn't even realize that I would wind up affecting. Because so often we like to say, well, I want to be on a stage preaching. I want to be on a stage singing. I want to be in the NFL. I want to be, you know, all this stuff. But for example, if you would have, for you, in, 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 in specific, right, you were talking about how you met that quarterback and it's really helped you in your faith. You know, I know, and I'm sure you can get into this as well, but you were in the USFL draft pool. And I was like really excited. I was like, dude, this is so dope. And then you didn't get drafted. And that probably sucks because from the outside looking in, I'm sure, and you, you can speak more on this because I don't know your exact feelings, but I'm sure that you would have much rather had the role of being in the USFL than playing in arena football. But I'm sure now you can look back at it and say, you know what, I'm glad I'm in this role I'm in because not only have I met people that have helped me grow my faith, but I'm on a team that has a legitimate chance to win a championship. And like you said earlier, when you were on the phone with your mom, the one thing you said was, I just want to win a championship. And you're in that place where it could happen now. And in the beginning, you may have looked like, oh, I don't know if I like this role as much because obviously USFL would have been cool. You know, it's national TV, all that stuff, big opportunities. But God was like, no, I need you here for a purpose, right? And that's about executing our role. So I'm sure you can speak more on that, but yeah. So with that happening, like, if you're not getting drafted in the USFL, of course, in the moment, it sucked. But at the same time, I look, look back at it, it's probably like one of the greatest things that didn't happen because... Like me, we just say, for example, right, I got drafted. I'm like, oh yeah, like I get people like, not praising me, but like giving me applause, all this stuff, getting the attention of like, that stuff is cool. But at the same time, I'm not there to get all that. I'm trying to honor God when I play. And I feel personally, I wouldn't have been ready because I had a messed up shoulder. Uh, just my game wasn't at where it should be. Um, I still got a lot of growing to do as a player. Um, but it was, like, probably one of the greatest things that didn't happen. And so, like, when I say that, like, of course, I, I'm in a position where I can win a championship with the team I'm on right now. 
but I'm also able to elevate my game, elevate my faith, and you know, get a championship, like something I always wanted to do. And sometimes in life, we may get put in those positions to where like, God wants you here for a season, or wants you here during the meantime, or for maybe even the rest of your life, who knows? But I feel God placed me here for a reason. I mean, I understand the reason right now. Like we always talk about, like certain things may happen for a reason. But you got to be obedient. And God is pointing out which talk. Like he pointed out which talk a few times in even arena ball. And like some people, like we talked about earlier, some people can be prideful. Like, oh, I'm better than this. Oh, I'm better than that. I'm better. Like, I don't, I don't want to play arena. I feel like the best thing before me. I had to take the opportunity. And like I said, I don't understand it at the time. I don't understand why I'm going through it or playing here right now during the season. But eventually I will. And me trusting God, knowing that he's always going to be there working in my favor. Um, I just know something good is going to come from it. Whether we don't win a championship, whether we do win. The goal is to win, of course. But... Just everything that has, has happened up to this point, I know God is working in my favor. Whether I may not see it right now, but he's always working behind the scenes. And so just with me keeping that in my head, just knowing everything that I'm going through right now, God is working. God is working. I may not see it, but he is working. And I really like how you said, you know, I may not understand it. I think sometimes in our walk with Christ, we try to understand it. And sometimes we're just like, well, you're not supposed to understand it. Like in Ecclesiastes, Solomon literally said like, and this is a dude who was the most wise guy to ever live. And he literally said, look, you're not going to understand everything. And you'd be a fool to try to understand everything God does. I forget which chapter in Ecclesiastes he said that, but he said that. And sometimes there's going to be things that we look at and we're like, why? And there's going to be explanations later on in a lot of them where we know, all right, this is why it happened, you know, but we just have to take joy and faith in the moment and be like, you know what? I may not know why, but God, you're in control. And honestly, at the end of the day, because I have you in my life, nothing else matters. Like I don't need another thing because even in Ecclesiastes, it says too, everything's meaningless, you know, and that's Solomon who had everything. Not only was he the wisest person, he was the wealthiest person, but he was like, look, everything is meaningless. It's a chasing after the wind, this world. What we're here for is to fear God. That's what Ecclesiastes ends with. It's, it literally says, but fear God pretty much. What we're here is to fear God and use whatever we're doing as a platform for him because everything else is meaningless. It's a chasing after the wind. And until we realize that, man, it's not going to be a good place. But even for you, you said, you know, sometimes you still don't understand. And you said, you know, sometimes it still sucks and stuff like that, but you're able to understand, you know what, I'm glad I'm here. So how long would you say it actually took you to get from the place of maybe being actually frustrated to actually being able to, even though you still may not understand fully, being like, you know what, God, I'm glad I'm here. Like, how long did that process take? Honestly, uh, the process took maybe, like, um, truthfully, like, a few days. Because I'm going to be honest, like, of course it says, like, you're not, you, you don't get drafted. Um, but, like I said, always my mindset, like, there's a reason why God isn't showing me right now, or, like, I didn't get chosen. But I'm not going to argue with that. Like, a few days, being honest, like, I wasn't going to dwell on it. Because why dwell on it? It already happened. Why, you can't change it. So why sit there, dwell, cry about it, all this stuff? Like, you can cry, do all this stuff in the moment, but, like, you're not going to grow. 
if you're doing that. So everybody was upset about it for like the first day, maybe the second day, but I just kept it pushing. And I had a good sporting cast, making sure I was straight, um, just knowing like the opportunity is going to come or even better opportunities may come down the road. Um, but it's another message to the people is like, if you don't get that thing in that at that time you want it, just know God's going to provide. Whether it's that day, the next day, down, few months down the road, years, all this stuff, it's just he will provide. It may not be on our time, but it's always on his time. Like, if you don't get that thing in the moment, um, like try your best not to dwell on it. Like it's okay to be sad for like 24 hours, but you got a whole life to live. You got to walk with Christ to live. And like you got a bigger purpose than not getting that one thing. Um, but like when you do get it, I feel that's like when it's gonna be even sweeter. So I may have not got drafted at that time, but once the opportunity comes, you, I would probably see why God wanted me to wait, why God made me work so hard to get there. So, like, whatever anybody's going through, it's like you may not get that at that very moment. But just when it comes along, you will understand why God made you. That's so true, though, right? Like, not only sometimes are we going to have to wait, not only sometimes are we not going to like where we're at, but sometimes, you know, we're going to be looking at something thinking that it's amazing, you know? Like, we might be looking at something like chips, right? And we're like, man, those chips look really good. But then we get redirected and we end up getting to like a whole steak dinner. And in the moment, we thought that the chips looks good. You know, we thought that that was what would be good for us simply because that's what we could see. But God was like, no, I've got something better for you. But we just couldn't see at that time that, all right, you know what? This is what I need. But God can see it while we can. He's going to protect us because his will is going to be done when we're living for him. When we're, I want to make that clear, when we're living for him. And so in the moment, you know, that USFL opportunity looked so good, you know, it looked like it would be good, right? It looked like the chips. But God was like, nah, like I've got a steak dinner for you. I got something so much better. Like that wouldn't actually end up being good for you, even though it does look good. Because really think about it, a life living off of chips is not going to be healthy. It's not going to be enough to fill us. And a steak dinner is going to be really good for us and also tastes really good. And it's just like, I think sometimes, you know, we're so focused on, oh, I want this right now, focused on instant gratification that that's why we end up dwelling in, in it forever, you know? But like for you, it's obvious that you were able to get through it because you realize, you know what? God has a bigger purpose. God has a bigger plan. And that's the place we have to be to be able to get through it because we got to understand, you know what? I may have wanted something. I may have wanted the chips, but God had something better for me. Even if it doesn't look as good sometimes, you know, even if you want to use this type of example where one side was chicken and one side was, I mean, I'm sorry, one side was chips and one side with some dry chicken. You know, that dry chicken is not gonna look as good at all. You're gonna look at it and think that looks terrible. But here's the thing, it's gonna be a whole lot better for you than the chips, even though it may not look as good. It may not even taste as good, but it's gonna be better for you. And I think sometimes where God places us may not look as good. It may not look as pretty, but it's gonna be better for us in the long run because he's setting us, he's setting us up for the purpose that he has for us. I love it, man. And sometimes we just gotta like trust what God's doing when we don't even see it. And that's something I always try to tell people. Like, I think I put something up last night talking about like when God sets you free from something, like let him work 
let him do that because he's always working behind the scenes and it's always in our favor. And so that's something I try and tell people. And also, I try and tell myself sometimes, like, I may not understand it, I may not see it, but I know he's working in my favor. Like, he's working for both of us. Like, um, you mentioned earlier, um, with your whole baseball season, like, with things that were going on, and you asked God, you prayed on it, and like, God was taking you through that season, taking you through that storm. And he's always working behind the scenes. Like you said, you got that good opportunity um, working with the church. Um, and I feel a lot of people got to realize that like certain things we may not get at that moment, but God's always working in our favor. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, you know, for, for you guys listening, what he's talking about, because we were talking about that before. I don't think it was on the recording, but this past year I was out for the entire year pretty much. And a lot of you guys probably know that because of my TikTok, because uh, of an injury. Um, and the crazy thing is, is like God set it up, you know, like he worked it out. Like I'm going to be a youth pastor and I'm starting up the young adult ministry and, you know, I'm running social media for this church and it's going to be super dope. And I've got a mentor that's really cool. That's going to help me. And he's already just spoken into my life in some ways already. And it's just like, God set it up, man. Like God knows what he's doing. And like seven months ago, eight months ago, I would have thought I was playing baseball after this year, you know? And like, I'm not letting that go either. Like, I'm not saying baseball is done for me for sure. Um, Cause I still have two years of eligibility left, but at the same time, like if I am done with baseball, I'm content because even though I would have loved to have continued to play baseball and that's the role that I would love, I'm going to execute the role that God's given me. Like I talked about earlier, you know, we, we, we may not always like the role, but we need to execute it because at the end of the day, as I said earlier, this life is meaningless. Like it truly is. This life is meaningless. The only thing that has meaning in this life is God. And the fact of the matter is sports, even like the sports we play, they're great. I'm not telling you, you shouldn't play sports. This is literally a podcast for Christian athletes and you guys should play sports. They're great. But that sport at the end of the day, yes, it should be for your own fun in a way, because you should be having fun playing it. You shouldn't be miserable playing your sport, but it is for a platform for Christ. That's what it is in its biggest sense. The biggest sense what our sports is, is it's a platform for Christ. If we try to use it as a platform for ourselves, if we're sitting here saying, oh, I want to grow my own brand, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, obviously with NIL, there's opportunities for that. But like for me, even, you know, like one of the kids at, at my old youth group, it's not technically my old youth group yet, but by the time this releases, I'm going to technically be starting at my new place because I only have like a week left and we're, this is going to drop in a week. But um, this kid at the youth group, he asked me, he was like, you know, cause like he followed me on TikTok or whatever. And he was like, so do you like make money off of uh, a lot of that stuff? And I was like, honestly, like, I'm really careful with like what I um, align myself with in terms of brands. Cause like, I've had people reach out to me and be like, yo, like we want this deal. But it's like, I'm like, no, like that doesn't align with God, you know, like just some companies with certain philosophies where it's like, you know, like, I'm not going to say the exact company name, but like one of them, it was just like, they had this belief that like, like basically their line was all about how like they were the greatest thing ever. Right. Like that was literally their line. Like it was, we're the greatest, you know, like you are the greatest, like you are the alpha. Right. Um, just kind of gave it away. But, um, like the fact of the matter is like, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Right. And, um, there's been other things that I've been offered before. And I'm like, no, like I'm here to spread the gospel. Now, if a Christian um, brand came to me, of course I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Like I've got 
I've got some deals with some Christian brands, but it's like, that's where I'm going to go because that's what's glorifying God. And obviously we should be seeking out the world because that's who needs saving. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick, but we shouldn't be aligning ourselves in some of their ways, right? Like we should be careful on where we're actually aligning ourselves. Cause here's the thing. It's the sick who need the doctor. We're not called to become like the sick, you know, because we have Jesus in our lives and Jesus is the good doctor that heals the sick. Now we're called to heal those people through Jesus in our lives. You know what I mean? Like we're called to show them Jesus, you know? So yeah, I just kind of went off on a tangent, but yeah, that's pretty much what I got there. Man, I feel that too. Um, even with that whole NIL thing, like, of course I'm out of college. And so like right now, like me being in the position I am, brands reaching out to me. And like what you said, like what does it honor um, or glorify God? And like, I'm signed to so far three brands. And like, I don't know if you've seen, I posted on my story, like months ago, I did a commercial for this energy drink. I'm not gonna say their name, but I did a commercial for them and it was a dope commercial. And I remember my home that did the commercial, like did the video, I'm editing and stuff like that. He told me, he was like, all right, so it's between you and um, this real estate person. Um, and I was okay, like, what, what do we have to do? And he was like, you have to tell him your story, like how your walk with Christ and how you, or like for me, it was my walk with Christ and how it helped me get to where I am with football. And I told him, I was like, so when do we know, like, who's going to get picked? And in the back of my head, I was saying, I'm like, if God wants me to take this opportunity, I will. If he doesn't, I'm not going to cry about it. I'm going to be upset about it. And so they gave it to the real estate person. And the reason behind it was because this person had a Tesla, had money. And I was like, I thought back to it. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't do that. Like, it was a fun commercial and all this stuff. But I was like, no, it is not honoring God. And like, this is not me bad mouthing them, like the company is cool and stuff like that, but there are three brands that I'm like grateful to be a part of. Um, one, Weeball. Uh, the second one, I don't know if you've seen on TikTok, Underdog. Like, I've signed with them recently. Like, I'm a brand ambassador for them, so that's like something that's cool. Um, I just haven't posted about it yet. Um, but then also Body of Christ. That was like the first big one uh, that took a chance on me and I'm grateful for them. Uh, but to the younger people with the whole NIL things, and if you're I'm a believer, just remember if it aligns with God and don't just do it for the money. Like, of course, the money will help you get to where you need to be in life, but just don't idolize it. And that's something I try my best not to do when it comes to these little brands. Yeah. And even something that I've learned about with money, man, is that like, I think so often, like we make it an idol in some ways, you know, like the Bible says you can't love money and God. And the thing is, is I think so often we get so worried, like, oh, I need to make all this money. I need to do this. It's going to fulfill me, but I'm going to bring it back to Ecclesiastes. It's a chasing after the wind. You know, the fact of the matter is like, even in Proverbs, it talks about how those who love wealth, I forget the word that used, but basically it's just, it's not going to end well. Because here's the thing, God's going to provide what we need. 
you know, like it may not be what we want all the time. You know, we may want a leak out. We, we may want a lake house. We may want three boats, five cars, you know, all this stuff. But like, do we really need those things? No, God's going to provide what we need to fulfill the purpose he's placed us on this earth for, you know, and the more we get, that means the more we give, you know, like the fact of the matter is the more money I get, that means the more money I'm going to give towards causes to help others. You know, money is about helping others. Money is about doing what God's placed on our heart to fulfill our God-given dream. Because at the end of the day, when we start viewing money as like, oh, I need money to do this for myself, like that's a dangerous place to be because God's going to give us what we need and provide what we need. You know, it's like, you know, this past, this past summer, I thought that a class was going to cost $300 to take because I just graduated, but I just needed one more class. I was like, I think it's going to cost 300 and come to find out it was 1,200. I got really annoyed at first. Like, bro, are you kidding me? Like, it's literally a two credit class and you're charging me that much for one class. But then come to find out, I got some type of check because of like COVID or whatever that they gave out to students. And the check made it to where the class costed $300, what I was expecting to pay. And for a little bit, I was still really mad about it. Like, oh, are you kidding me? This is so stupid. Like, how would they do that to me? You know, like all butthurt about it. But then I really sat down and thought about it. I was like, Chandler, God provided. Like he gave you what you needed. It's like, I've heard people talk about this too. Like a lot of people want to complain about gas prices right now. And if I'm going to be honest with you, it sucks. It's a lot of money. You know, I realized that last week when I was filling up gas, I realized that in a car that used to take $30 to fill up a tank, now it's taking 52. I was like, all right, that's eye-opening, you know? that's eye-opening, but, you know, I realized I've got the money. I've got the money to pay for it. God's provided me with the money to pay for this gas. Does it suck? Am I not going to sit here and say that I don't want the gas prices to go down? No, I'm not, because I would love if they did, like, you know what I mean? But God's provided me with what I need to pay for it, and I think so often, instead of looking at what God's provided, we look at the negative effects of things, and it goes back to what we talked about earlier. We look at the negative effects of things instead of then playing to where we can help our team win. We only are letting their team lose because we're letting the negative outweigh the positive. When in reality, the Bible says to to take joy in all things, right? Take joy in all circumstances. It doesn't say in the good circumstances. It says in all circumstances. You know, it brings me back to a story. When there were people during the Holocaust, I know I've shared this on TikTok before. I don't think I've shared it on the podcast, but it was during the Holocaust. And these ladies that were Christians were helping Jews escape pretty much. And they got caught. So they got put in a concentration camp, you know, because they got caught doing it. And they got placed in this one, like, I don't know what it was technically called, like a building or whatever, but they got, they got placed in there. And it was infested with flies and all this stuff, right? And in those moments, you know, at first they were like, oh, like, why do we have to be in one with this? But then they remembered, you know what the Bible says, take joy in all circumstances and give thanks to God in all circumstances. And so what they started doing was they started thanking God every single opportunity being like, thank you, God, for placing us in here. They literally were thanking him for placing them with flies. Like, that sounds insane. Like, why are you thanking him for you getting bit up? But that's what they were doing. They were like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. But then come to find out later on, because they were in that one and all the other buildings where there wasn't that type of stuff going on, the girls were getting raped by the guards. But in this building, it wasn't happening because the guards were too scared to go in there. Those flies were protecting them and they didn't see it at the time. They didn't see the flies protecting them, but they were thanking God anyway. 
And that's what it's about. We got to thank God in all circumstances because we may not be able to see it as we've talked about throughout right now, throughout this whole podcast, but we need to thank him anyway. We can't let it take us out the game because if we let it take us out the game, it's going to be just like in a sport and it's not going to end well, right? We're going to be sitting there bitter and when in reality, we could just have joy because joy is, joy is a choice because joy is something that's provided. Joy is something that's provided by the Lord. It's something that we're freely given when we have a relationship with him. Peace, we're freely given it. But it's up to us to choose it. It's up to us to choose joy and peace. Because here's the thing, you know what? I can sit back and I can look at all the bad going in my life and let it take me over. Or I can look at the bad going on and say, you know what? Thank you, God, because you're still God and I don't need anything. And I can get in the word and pray, you know? And honestly, that's all that uh, we have for today. But if you have anything else that you want to talk about before we get done, um, I would love for you to just anything that you feel on your heart that you want to let them know. Um, just something I want to share with the people. Uh, just most of the athletes, just whatever season you're in, just keep working. Continue to put God first. Keep working. Trust the plan that He has for you. And um, just know all that work is going to go in unnoticed. I always talk about that. And just continue to bet on yourself because if I didn't bet on myself, I, if I didn't have God first, I wouldn't have gotten to this point. And in no way is me bragging, but I'm just giving them all the glory. So just continue to give them the glory, bet on yourself, and keep God first. You trust the process, trust his plan, and just know it's always going to work out in your favor. That's good stuff, bro. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like the Bible says, work hard as, it's, as if it's for the Lord, you know? And at the end of the day, it may be our game, you know? It is our game, but it's for his glory, like the name of this podcast. It's our game, his glory. Because at the end of the day, it's our game, but we're called to put in the work. We're called to work hard as if it's for the Lord and then give him the glory for it, you know? And there's so many ways that that goes into it, but I'm really glad that we were able to get you back on, bro, and just get to hear what God's doing in your life right now and, you know, what he's been doing in the past month since you were on last and just continue to see what he does through you while you're in Wichita and if you guys get that championship and just how he continues to work, you know, like get into follow along and see you get your first professional touchdown and then the next week get another touchdown again like that was cool stuff to see and I'm excited to see that all continue to happen bro and just see you continue to shine but do it all for God's glory at the end of the day bro and that's what's most important because that that's what I see at the end of the day all that you're doing it's not for your own glory you know it's for God's glory and that's what this life is about that's what our sport is about it's just a platform for Christ so I just want to thank you for being on here again bro and just yeah thank you man I'm just grateful to be here, and uh, I'm just grateful to be in this position, man. I'm proud of you, man, too. Like, this podcast blew up. Um, it's still going to keep growing, too. So just, let's both keep elevating and just keep pushing each other. For sure, bro. For sure. Thank, thanks, thanks again. And, yeah, man, I'm really excited to see where you go. And, you know, it's going to be cool to continue to stay in contact, obviously, as we have been. But, guys, I just want to thank you guys again for listening. I want to remind you, if you ever need anything, you can always message me on Instagram. You can message Hakeem on Instagram. Um, if you want to give your Instagram out, I know you've done it before, but you can real quick. All right, so my Instagram and TikTok are the same. So it's moam underscore 07. So it's M-O-H-A-M underscore 07. Um, Give a follow, follow back, and if you have any questions, I got you guys. Like, I'm not, I'm not a real person. I'm honestly an expert. So, 
whatever you guys have to ask, I'm going to answer it to the best of my ability. Good stuff, bro. So yeah, guys, you know, you can reach out to either of us at any time and we're always here for you. And yeah, guys, just thank you again. I'm really looking forward to seeing what this podcast does on this episode in particular, seeing what I hear from you guys about, you know, how it's impacted you. And that's really cool to me when you guys message me and you're like, yo, like that episode really hit me. Like, it's really cool because it reminds me like, all right, this is why I'm doing it, God, you know? Um, And I don't need that reminder, obviously, because I remember why I'm doing it um, because it's for God. But to see you guys affected is so cool. So just remember, guys, that at the end of the day, it's our game, but it's for his glory. And I just want to remind you guys that episodes will be dropping biweekly. So two weeks from now when you're hearing this, well, unless you hear it later than when it's dropped, you know. But two weeks from when this was dropped, we're going to be bringing on a JUCO baseball player um, that's going to play D1 baseball. And I think he's like number three in the nation in batting average right now. Really good Christian dude um, from what I can see and from the conversations I've had with him and really excited for that. So God bless you guys. And thank you so much again. And just remember it's our game, but it's for his glory.